He is awake, and you will worship him. The beast in the pit will rise. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. I'm Kelsey. And today we will be talking about the impossible planet. Certainly seems possible. Yeah, I, 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 you know, that was an interesting interaction where she was like, it doesn't have a name. Why would it have a name? And then later it's like... It can't have a name. Oh yeah, it can't have a name. And then later the same woman's like, some people say its name is Kravtor. <laughs> yeah. Also, why can't they name it? <laughs> Uh, I guess they just ran out of names. Yeah, I think it's just a moment to make it a little bit more mysterious and wild, you know, um, disorienting before you started. And then, but in hindsight, you know, if you're going to call it it, you can give it a name as well. Yeah. Also, this is a two-parter, which Colin and I did not know until the end of the episode, and we're like, wow, I wonder how this is going to wrap up in the next one minute, and it's like, oh, <laughs> to be continued, that's how. Well, that explains it. <laughs> and they're, they're doing a lot of epic setup for this. I mean, it's, it's hard to get darker than Satan himself. Yeah, but it also, I don't know, seemed a little overblown. I mean, this whole season has been very focused on, like, mythology, I feel like. Like, horror and mythology, so... Why not just take both by the horns? <laughs> I think what this episode does is it brings in a cast of characters that you can actually feel for and actually care about to a degree. I mean, I really like the captain. I like uh, some of the side characters, too. But um, you, uh, I, I, I mean, one of the things that I think had been missing from watching series 11 and 12 was characters that I really truly cared about, and when I rewatched this again, I realized how how I actually did care about characters back in two thousand and six. <laughs> like the Ood, first time we've seen them. A yeah, slave so race. What an interesting uh, thing. Yes, to- definitely slavery. Slave uh, or slaves that uh, humans have created in the far, far, far future. See, to me, they, they remind me of house elves, kind of. Like, they want to serve. So, I guess just need to give up some clothes. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds, sounds like Satan might have done that. that. <laughs> but I really like the setup with um, Toby and how this, the, the beast kind of projects his voice right into his little, uh, his little room. I guess it is, or where, or maybe his lab, wherever he's at, and he's checking out all the writing that he's trying to decipher and figure out what it is, and here's this creature that's 
kind of uh, scaring the bejesus out of him, <laughs> but also can translate everything for him anyway. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, because mostly when we hear of, you know, Satan's voice, it seems to be coming from a transmission, whether that be through the Ood, or whether that be through a cell phone. Um, and even when I heard heard it happening, you know, when he was in the room and he didn't want him to turn around, I thought for sure, and I'm still not convinced otherwise, that there was an Ood right there with an orb, you know, speaking for him. Um, but it, it does seem like it was a different sort of communication, um... With the archaeologist, you know, it definitely had to do somewhat with that, maybe that pottery or artifact he looked at. The writing kind of took over, but it was certainly a different nature of communication, adding a different element to the situation. Well, and you can tell that some somebody in there had already been communicating with him, because how else did that writing get on the wall of the modern-day lab? Well, well no, he said he did that intentionally, because... Um, because he was like, he read it off fragments or whatever. But it's interesting because as soon as you saw it, you said it looked like a curse that you shouldn't read. And maybe it's because he wrote it down. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it might be cursed more or less. You know, this writing definitely kind of attached to him. It was transmitted to other Ood, um, which seemed to be doing, you know, this Dark Lord's bidding. Yeah. And the Dark Lord seems to know the sins of people since he was talking to the one Jefferson and was like, oh, your wife never did forgive you. Well, unless Toby knew about whatever he was talking about. Maybe. But you're right, it definitely implied that he, he knew more. Or it knew more, whatever. I'm guessing if, because it's got a telepathic ability to uh, go through the Ood, and matter of fact, all of the Ood, I would, and cell phones. Uh, it, it seems like to me it would be a telepathic ability to read the minds of the mere humans that just happen to be inhabiting this new planet. Fair enough. Have. Yeah, I mean, well, you can go to basic 100, you know, what, anything's <laughs> possible, right? Well, yeah, true. I mean, we don't know, we don't know what's going on here, so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, hmm. Now, if Basic 100 is brain dead, then why would they have, like, an advanced scale or something? Like, why even call it the Basic Scale? I was, that was a question I had during this. How is Basic 100 death? Yeah, they didn't really explain that scale very well at all, or even, you know, what it... Yeah, it seemed like they were being, like, more telepathic as it got higher, but then death would be zero, wouldn't it? Or maybe it's overload. If they're overloaded, they cannot. Yeah, the normal they stances, get to that point. They but you think then it would go back to zero, like, you know, yeah. when your heart goes beep, beep, beep. <laughs> one would think. Yeah, it, it, that was one thing that wasn't really explained as well as it could have been. Now, the black hole, I thought, was uh, interesting and sort of explained by the fact that somehow this planet is generating gravity, so... As long as how it's doing that ends up making sense. It looked pretty, too. It did. It, it was really, uh, really cool with that solar system, like, flowing through, even though it was disturbing. But I kind of felt like, why would they close the window on their shipmate who was out there? That just, like, she was going to be gone in, like, a minute. <laughs> Maybe just out of respect. Well, I thought it'd be more like respectful to watch her. I could see it on both ends, uh, both sides of the situation. Um, it's yeah, you, someone needs to make a call on it, and I could see how taking that action would be a respectful move in someone's mind. Okay. 
you know, do, do, is that how you want to be viewed? You know, when you just die in some weird situation, do you want people to watch you as you drift off in space? I mean, maybe. If I was going to be sucked into a black hole, yes. But drifting off into space, no, probably not. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I, I doubt she was prepared, you know, to look her best in that situation. Yeah, so, although since she, as soon as she went out, she got sucked off the, you know, atmosphere of the planet or lack of atmosphere off the ground or whatever, but then Toby or possessed Toby, like, was walking out there. So how did he generate enough gravity to stay on the ground? Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's related to the whole reason why that impossible planet is actually possible and why that gravity field is, you know, pointing out into space. I, I think feasibly this, um, this power source or this dark one um, controls the gravity, like he might a telepathic connection. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Good. We all agree. <laughs> no controversy here. <laughs> By the way, her name is Scooty, the one who uh, perished. I thought that was actually a very well done scene because the doctor looks right up and says, I'm so, so sorry. For the second time that he's using one of his famous quotes, um, and, uh, just, it was very touching. I mean, the music and the, the, just the whole death was pretty. Yeah. I, I, I still feel like I, I wasn't, you know, not, not enough of a relationship developed for me to feel that much there. I, I did think it was a good scene. And I also think it was a good scene, just her getting sucked out and kind of the window crashing too. That was pretty ominous and creepy. Right. And the creepiness of the ouds getting intercepted, I, th- I thought that was a very brilliant uh, use. And, you know, this is our, our first introduction to the ood, of course, and, you know, they come in already with, you know, potential malfunction there. Everyone being like, feed, must feed. Or, is that what it was? Yeah, we must feed. We must feed. So they, they have all these creepy, dark lines, you know, kind of interspersed, and then they really are like, you know, just like they are human minions, they seem to be co-opted here. Well, the ship itself also it kind of gets taken over to a, an extent, which is oh yeah, that computer keeps closing and, and opening doors it shouldn't, and, and then saying things that are just bonkers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not the only ship that you know seems to be taken over. We lost the TARDIS in this episode too. That's definitely a scary thought. Yeah, stuck and stuck there of all places. Yeah, you might even have to get a mortgage. I know. Doctor's worst nightmare. Not being able to ditch his companion when she gets old. (laughs) Yeah, but I think that that seemed to draw some closeness, you know, between Rose and the Doctor, you know, even more so that we haven't seen before. There was a kiss, albeit it was through a a space suit. (laughs) But we definitely yeah. saw them planning out their futures, you know, together and having this whole reality sink in that, hey, maybe this is this is the end of the road for them, at least in terms of their travels through time and space. Yeah, this is true, but I don't think the Doctor would have gone down with, with Ida Scott uh, into the so-called pit that they just dug up uh, to, without having the idea of, let me see if I can find my TARDIS. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that just that just seems to make sense. But yeah, no, I think, I mean, it was kind of an interesting and kind of a, a cute moment. But I mean, I think the doctor is also trying to avoid actually explaining what he really would do if 
if he was stuck somewhere. Yeah, he might even get you know added to a roster to do laundry. But <laughs> my big question there is like there are so many Ud on that ship. That don't you think there may be enough Ud to do the laundry? I mean, it seems like they've been getting along with doing laundry this whole time without them. Definitely. Why did the door open? What? Like, like the door. trap door at the end. Why did it open? It opened so we could keep our interest into the next episode, <laughs> wondering why it was opening. Well, on the camera angle at the very end of the episode, it seems like something's coming up and out of it. It's open um, because he is awake. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know. But yeah, it just... all. Eh, there's a lot of impossible things in this episode. Nothing's impossible in Dr. Hale. Good point, good point. What'd y'all think of the captain? After he's, uh, uh, Zachary? I liked him. I, I feel like he's the character that I have, you know, the most buy-in for at this point in time. Same. More screen time, I understood his perspective, and, you know, he made tough but fair decisions, I thought. Definitely. Yeah. He's I mean, uh, one thing guy. I... I had mentioned after watching this episode right away was um, here we have a very prominent uh, person of color in leadership role and I found it kind of ironic that we were dealing with slavery in this same episode in the far future. Uh, it seems like we've come, a, we, we definitely have come a long way with our own race but with other races it seems that we still have some of those those uh, issues in the far future. Indeed. I think that the Ood is just like a weird philosophical concept in general. So is it true that uh, I think we mentioned where they, they were engineered to be subservient and to actually want that? It certainly right. seems like it's implied, but it, I mean, basically we don't have a whole lot to go with in this particular episode. We really just have them saying this is, the, the humans are saying this is how it is. They're, and, um, of course, the one character, Danny, was saying they're just basically dumb creatures, or at least that's what he thought. Um, yeah, there's definitely so some he, discrimination <laughs> towards some Ood, but, I mean, it's yeah. also true that they're alien beings with tentacles that can't speak that are, have telepathic abilities, so... Well, no, there's more of them than the humans if they hated it so much. They could always fight back. Maybe. I, I think we... You know, the question is, I guess, at this point, we just don't know, but... I think their insistence on, you know, we'd live for this is an interesting situation. You know, if that is true to have a being, you know, completely do that. It's it's an offside, but I, I guess it's connected through the, the Douglas Adams pathway. It reminds me of, you know, a hitchhiker's tale where, you know, a cow just loves to be eaten. You know, <laughs> like what, what kind of moral quandaries, you know, come up with uh, something like that where it just seems so distasteful. But might it be the right thing to do, you know, for the beings and... Everyone involved. Or if they voluntarily entered into that state, then, like, is that really slavery if they volunteered for it? I don't know. Well, I also like the, the idea that Rose actually is kind of pure in her thoughts and is asking the Ood what their names are and, and if they really like serving the humans because she's like, well, there's more to life than just serving, you know? And so I kind of I kind of enjoyed that kind of interaction 
yeah. between her and the Ood. Well, what's interesting is that the doctor didn't do any of that. He seemed to like to not care about, you know, the fact that the Ood were slaves, which he does tend to sort of turn off his, you know, caring for things when the TARDIS is in danger. So it might be just more of a character continuity thing there. Or it could also, be like a... It also just maybe because he just doesn't know what to make of them yet. He's still studying them. Yeah, I think that's, you know, you don't all often, you know, have the doctor coming in here and having a whole um, species that he knows nothing about and a whole language that he knows nothing about. I, I, I like that intriguing part, you know, those elements in the story. Well, and I think, like, as if, I mean, he's more, like, cultured as to, like, the universe, so he understands that different cultures, like, have different types of societies and that maybe it's okay to just respect the order of things and, like, let it play out. And if you actually see somebody, like, being abused, it's one thing, but if it's, like, everyone seems happy and, like, Ood are well taken care of, they're, like, well-fed, well-dressed, like, they don't seem to have any issues with it, then, like, maybe just let it be. And don't just, like, because your society chose a different path doesn't mean that it's the right path. Yeah, but the doctor always thinks that his path's the right path. Yeah, he definitely moralizes onto other cultures through what seems to be a very humanistic perspective, you know, of our era. Yeah, but if they're not causing any harm, then I don't think he really ever... It's more like when they're eating other creatures or, like, trying to destroy worlds, then he steps in. But otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like he always has some weird things about that. Like, sometimes we can't harm the timeline and we need to be very, you know, aware of these events. And and other times it seems to be okay, you know, just to kind of change things all about, meet and shake hands with yourself and go on an adventure with another couple more of you. Um, Well, also, recognizing, like, what you can and can't change, like, and what's important for, like, getting through a scenario. Understood. Hey, I wanted to make a quick note, a side note, on um, the casting, uh, because there's actually an actor, the actor who played the voice of the Beast, was also better known during the fourth Doctor era, the Pyramids of Mars, as Sutek the Destroyer. Ah, he had kind of a so, similar role in that, too, where he was an entity that was, you know, sort of out of place of where he was speaking from, and... Yep. But if, it's, if the voice sounds familiar, then and if you've seen that classic story, which I highly recommend, then yes, uh, you'd recognize the voice. I've always wanted to be a disembodied voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, through the power of podcasting, you are. <laughs> finally. Also, finally. the girl who plays, uh, was it Scoots or Scooty or whatever her name is? She's in the new Witcher series that just came out. She's Tessia, or Tessia, or however you say that. The, like, head witch trainer. Oh, yes. You're right. I, I did recognize her. You're right. Yeah. I thought I recognized Toby, but then, luckily, he hasn't been in much else because I thought his acting was a little bit not great. <laughs> Especially when he was acting as Toby and not the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did pretty well as the Beast. I think, you know, as Toby, he didn't really know how to capture that character. Yeah, oh my god, his fainting scene. Oh, that was painful to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I fainted, you know, a month ago. How, did it look realistic to you guys? Did, would yeah. you, if you saw me, would you think oh, that's bad acting? Or 
You barely moved. You were already sitting. Yeah, I mean, I barely had to act. <laughs> you know, what's the expectation here for these guys? What you do is you put your back of your hand on your forehead and go, ah, and like fall back gracefully and slump. If you're in a Jane Austen movie. Yeah, exactly. That's how I look. Come on, Chandy. Get with the pastimes. Yeah. He's British. He should know. He should take some pride and maybe have less prejudice. Uh-huh. Indeed. Well, another week, another episode. Should we do another round of ratings? Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I will start us off as per the huge. Um, I enjoyed this episode. You know, I did think that it was it was going to be a, a, a wrap-up episode, um, but I like the way that this set the stage, and I hope that this is going to be a good story to come to fruition. We have the Ood introduced, a great philosophical concept with within them, and also just some inherent creepiness with a transmission, and um, the enemy and evil of the week, I think, is, is pretty epic right now, and the situation is pretty powerful, too, um, losing the TARDIS. Um, Michael's right, where we're getting to have some real time with characters and building some relationships. I don't feel particularly attached to much besides the Rose and the, and, uh, the Doctor at this point in time, but I think there's great potential here and a lot of solid elements. Um, I like the rotation around a black hole, and I think it was really well portrayed um, here, which we, we don't always get to see, you know, nice CGI effects in, in Doctor Who. Um, but for me, this is a great setup, and I'm ready for more. I want to see what's coming out of that hole. Um, it's going to be an 8 out of 10 for me. 8 out of 10. All right. Kelsey. What was it again? 8 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I kind of... So this, I have to admit, like, this type of storyline isn't typically my cup of tea. To me, it really reminded me, though, of, like, a like an 80s space horror movie, kind of like Alien or something like that. Um, so I thought that they kind of captured that essence pretty well. It was, like, kind of scary at times. It had, like, the kind of typical characters from, like, an 80s horror movie slash action movie in it you know like there's the captain there's like the mechanic girl there's like the you know the rough and tumble like head of security kind of thing so I thought it was kind of like a good throwback to that era I mean I'm assuming that's kind of what they were trying to do here um so I enjoyed that but I mean that's not my genre that I like prefer generally um it was entertaining like Colin was saying, I also thought that this was like a single episode, so I was kind of like, wow, they're like really keeping it to the last second before they explain what's going on, so it's kind of like at the edge of my seat, and then now I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed, because I'm, I'm just wondering, like, how are they going to, I don't know, keep the tension up as well as, as they did? I, I just feel like the plot is so close to being resolved that I just don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't have high hopes for the next episode, maybe. Um, I hope this episode was good. I feel like if they just extended it for another 10 minutes, it could have like been a good wrap-up. But we'll see what comes next, I guess. Um, so I'm going to rate this one a 7.5. All right. Um, well, I definitely liked the Ood coming in. That did bring in a really interesting concept. Um, like we mentioned, I thought that Toby's a- acting as Toby left a lot to be desired. <laughs> Also, I thought that the the dialogue for, um, I think her name was Ivy, the one who went down with the doctor, was pretty atrocious. I mean, she had the whole thing with the, 
it doesn't have a name. Oh, wait, it does. And then, like, she repeated the same line, like, over and over again. Like, you really don't know, do you? But you really don't know, do you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was, was, you know, so, like, I I felt like there were, you know, some kind of hokey things that were kind of thrown in in there as well. Um, I thought, you know... I mean, I did know it was a two-parter coming in, and I apologize for not telling you guys I thought I had, but... Uh, well, that's how most audiences watch the show. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like, I mean, this definitely, you know, felt like a lot of setup, really. Um, and it was. And it just sort of, I don't know, that the episode was good, but it kind of dragged a little bit. It felt like there was a little bit more kind of downtime where they weren't really doing much character development or they did it for like half of the scene and the other half was just filler and it just kind of makes me wonder like Kelsey was saying I mean they could feasibly wrap it up in 10 minutes and if there was definitely 10 minutes of filler there that I could have squeezed out of it so it would be interesting to see what they do to fill up the time next episode but I thought this was um reasonably all right, but didn't really have me on the edge of my seat. So I'm going to give this one a six. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, going back to when I first saw this episode, I always felt that it was one of the more intense episodes of this series, series two. And I think it may have something to do with the direction. I felt like the direction of this episode was more gritty feeling because of the way the camera was moving and the angles and everything. Um, it also felt vastly different from the previous episode um, uh, in so many ways. Um, I, probably more epic is probably what I was thinking. Um, I didn't have any problems with with the downtime because, the re- I mean, the, down, the only downtime they really had was when the Doctor and Rose were talking with each other, which I always found, for me at least, was fascinating and interesting um i didn't have an issue with it um but what really got me for this episode is is the fact that it is a setup but it's also a setup with a lot of mystery especially with the writing and the archaeologist and what happens to him obviously he's possessed or taken over by some entity as is the ood um and i kind of feel bad for the ood i mean uh they're, they're wanting to help everybody, and then they end up turning evil, because not because of themselves. Um, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that this episode, for me, gets a 9 out of 10, because wow. this is one of my favorite episodes of, of the David Tenner. Nice. Well, I don't think we've had a spread in ratings like this in quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know what you guys think. You can email us at thewhovianreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Yep. Thank you for your time. Uh, Keep traveling it along with that space. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.